The Super Speedway Podcast is a Dream Bigger Media production. For news, photos, show notes, and information about advertising on the podcast, visit www.thesuperspeedway.com. Three, two, one. Welcome to the Super Speedway. Welcome to episode 144 of the Super Speedway Podcast. We're here Wednesday, March 11th, 2020. I'm your host, Eric Young. And I am joined, as always, by my co-host, James Cush. James, it's a quarantined edition of the Super Speedway podcast. How's it going? Well, man, well, we usually stay quarantined from each other. I think <laughs> right. that's the biggest that's the biggest risk we have. This is for the good of the cause, man. This is we we do this podcast over the Internet. That way uh, that way we don't end up passing germs along. Right. Yeah. All I mean, safety. Yeah. Yeah. My family's pretty filthy, so I, I always feel like I'm doing you a favor anyway. So. <laughs> Yeah, I have two boys, so, I mean, seven-year-old boys, you know what it's like here. Well, see, I feel like when we first started this podcast, you know, my daughter was not even a few few months old, and I was never sick. And I felt like, man, Eric is sick all the time. And now that my daughter is a toddler in daycare, I'm Mm -hmm. like, oh, I'm the one who's sick all the time. That's how it works. It's funny how it works. These germy little fiends that... are in our houses. Yep. Took me a couple of years to build up the immune system. Now I'm good. Now it's your turn. Ridiculous. <laughs> I, was, I don't think my daughter's going to be coming, uh, coming home with Corona. So we, we should be fine. Right. <laughs> yeah. Corona. She'll have Corona light. Maybe if anything, but... <laughs> right. <clears throat> uh, speaking of that, we'll get to some coronavirus stuff in a bit. Um, but first, before we get to that, let's talk about the fan shield 500 at Phoenix raceway. James, we got our first repeat winner of the year. Um, I put in the notes, first repeat winner of 2019. It is 2020, just so you know. Uh, Joe Ligano gets the win this weekend at Phoenix. Becomes the first winner. uh, They got done twice this uh, fourth race into the season. What do we think think of Joey's performance? Uh, I think I I texted you. We have this great um, Facebook (laughs) message thread with uh, with our buddy Todd now. And um, a few weeks ago, I said, Paul Wolf and Joey Ligano are a problem. And... Man, the way that Paul Wolf can execute a race, and not to say that Brad Kozlowski is not a talented driver. I mean, he's a great Brad Kozlowski. I feel like is one of the all-time great drivers. He's he's in that you know he's in a small percentage of drivers. Right. But Joey Logano and Paul Wolf, man, that feels like a deadly combination for the rest of the sport, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, they, it's, when they, it's when they're clicking. It's pretty good. You've got a really good driver with a really good crew chief and a really good team right now. And, uh, you know, it's we're four races in. It's still early. A lot of things can change. But uh, I mean, so here's one thing I want to point out. Let's look at how good that Kyle Busch has run despite being terrible. Battling for his positions right now. So if Joe Gibbs gets their stuff figured out, though, they're going to be scary. But at this point right now, this Joey Logano's team, well, Maybe Blaney's in that. Yeah, Blaney's, Blaney, in that Blaney's definitely in the conversation. We didn't get to see what Blaney had at Phoenix. He was out so early in yeah. this race. I mean, he didn't even make it to the end of the first stage. He's and, just and riding Ted along. Lowski was really good on on Sunday too. And Chase yeah. Elliott. We should we should make sure that we keep him in, at at the top of our list too well, because he's kind of been sneaky fast. Kyle Larson ran well there. That was uh, interesting to see. Um, you know, I, I it's I I think Joey's the favorite right now. But I think he might be separated more visually than he actually is. I think, maybe. Um, 
Yeah, I think we're seeing a little bit of a mirror of what we saw last year. But I also wonder if what we're seeing is uh, Ford and Chevrolet going all in to try to win a championship um, before we make this body switch next year. And maybe right. Toyota and Joe Gibbs got a little complacent. Complacent. I'm wondering if we're starting to see that. We've, we've, this has been a theme for us um, every week now. And Eric, outside of Kyle Busch, who had to fight for that third place finish and have a little bit of fortune with some fresh tires. You look at the finishing order. The next Toyota is the wrecked Denny Hamlin who battled <laughs> back for 20th. Right. Just ahead of Daniel Suarez, who has been completely irrelevant. So this is an interesting struggle for Toyota right now, Joe Gibbs specifically, but you know, again, what will we see in Atlanta? I think it's, it's early. Like you said, it's early. We got a little bit of time left a lot of time left, I should say, um, before we get down to the nitty gritty. But we're we're starting to see some trends here that uh, I think I think we're going to see carry over here for at least a little while. Yeah. Um, so I was on uh, on 105.5 the ticket in Toledo again this week, and we I was asked about Toyota, and one of the things I think that's interesting with Toyota is is at what point do they go? Well how much effort do we really want to put into this card in catching back up or do we devote all our resources to next year? I can't but, imagine them just kicking back and going, eh, give up a season, but you know, I mean, maybe they don't try as hard to keep up this year. Maybe. I don't know. Well, like I'm thinking if I'm a team like JTG or Roush, I mean, I, I hate to say throw this the, this season away completely, but I'm already looking ahead. I, I'm trying to get a head start on the big teams as much as possible. Yeah, if you can get a head start year. on next year, yeah, that's huge. I mean, if you, yeah, if you think that you're out of the race for the championship, and <laughs> I can't believe we're talking about yeah, this type four of thing. races <laughs> in, <laughs> right? But I mean, but seriously though, if you think you're out of it, you know, maybe, uh, you know, maybe you're, you're, you know, you're, you're a long shot to win Daytona at the at the end of the regular season or something. But, you know, like. Richard Petty and all those all those teams. Why not put you know almost all your focus on 2021? So I you know maybe I think maybe we're going to see a lot of teams staying the same, um, and, and hopefully these backmarker teams can can make a little bit of a gain heading into next year. It's fun to speculate, but I think Absolutely. we're going to come back here after race 26 at Daytona, and we're going to look back at this week and this discussion, and we're going to go, yeah, we were wrong. <laughs> Probably. That's things, usually how things are going to change so much. Oh, Toyota's sure. yeah. not going to stay where they're at. They're going to catch back up. Um, I don't know. There's, I mean, I've seen some things out of a lot of teams. So let's, let's talk about one that I saw some really strong things out of this weekend that was completely unexpected. Tyler Reddick. Tyler Reddick passed for second yeah, place. <laughs> yeah, he was good. And, and he's really he, good. He had the tire issue with uh, the same or similar to Austin Dillon, his teammate. But prior to that, he was in the running. He yeah. was he was running up front, and it wasn't because of pit strategy. He was just there because he was good. And yeah. it really, you know, it got me thinking. We we gave so much credit to uh, to the other rookies that they were going to have a better shot at it than Tyler Reddick. But Reddick right now is. He's performing well. Yeah, he was legit. He got shuffled back at uh, on his last pit stop. Kind of was was kind of throwing a wrench in his day at that point. And regardless of what happened, he had a great day. But yeah, man, he is uh, he is the two time Xfinity champ, and he is flexing his muscles a little bit. Yep. Um, I mean, I do believe Christopher that... Bell was the top finishing rookie in the race. Still, I'm yeah, looking let's at take right now. Look at that. Because yeah, Nemechek he... was after him. 
Yeah, Nemechek's after him. Um, Reddick, yep, I think Hoff. you're right. Yeah. So. Yep, yeah. But, yeah, uh, I think uh, no. Richard Childress looks really good for making that driver change. You went with a guy who's you know Hemrick's. Oh, take that back. Which, Sorry, Cole Custer. <laughs> oh, there you Cole go. Cole Custer yeah. finished forget, ninth. He was top ten. Yeah, forget about Cole Custer. Yeah. yeah, forget about Cole who finished ten, yeah. in the top ten. Yeah, but. top ten. Yeah, top ten for Cole Custer. <laughs> Sorry, Cole. Yeah. Um, but but Childress, you know, Hemrick was is approaching his thirties as a rookie. You know, he's he's getting up there. <laughs> you know, yeah. up there. Uh, but. Still, I mean, you go with this guy who's a proven champion uh, in the Xfinity series, and now he's, you know, showing flashes already, which is a great sign for Richard Childress. Yeah. Um, another interesting one. So this is kind of just out of nowhere because I, they were talking about on Sirius the other day. And uh, it, it's a really good point. Let's talk William Byron for a second. You know, Byron's still not he doesn't have that win yet. He's he's there. He's running decent. Um, he finished 10th in the race on on Sunday banged but, up and kind of fell back a little bit. But Byron's 21 years old still. Yeah, He's only baby, 21. Man. He's in his third year in the Cup Series. Yeah. Can you imagine how good this kid could be at 25 if he's given the chance to stick it out? He, he's slowly but surely really making some headway. That's, yeah. you know, that's why I had so much faith in him going into the beginning of the season though. He's he's improved every year and yep. you know, you know, he's He's an overqualified 21 year old. That's I mean, he, he shouldn't probably even be in cup at the at his age. But right. again, he's over, he's overqualified. He, he needs to be in cup. Um, you know, Eric Jones is another one. He's just a baby, mm-hmm. you know, and, and people forget we we uh, you know, we have Eric Jones, who's younger than Chris Bell. Everybody wants to kick Eric Jones to the curb. <laughs> right. But he's a two time winner in this series and yeah. he's won some pretty tough races. And, uh, you know, he's still he's still young. So we've got. Um, really good crop of talent with some of these young guys. Uh, you know, Reddick making a splash, that would be fantastic right. to uh, get Richard Childress racing back into some relevant uh, conversations. So It would be awesome. Yeah, I uh, like that. Somebody who did not have a good day uh, is becoming a theme this season, Martin Truex Jr. More frustration for Martin. Yeah, he's mad. Um, you know, I like Martin. I don't have anything against Martin, but Martin frustrated is pretty darn entertaining. <laughs> Yeah, he's, uh, <laughs> he's he's extra frustrated this season. He's such a grump, man. When he's when he's irritated, <laughs> you feel like it's something where he thinks he has something to prove without Colpern. Probably, and he's and he feels like there's a little bit of added pressure to win races without Cole because, I mean, really his his career, you know, teaming up with Colpern changed his entire trajectory. Yeah, and the so thing there's got to be some pressure there. The thing with Truex is, first of all, I don't know why he's frustrated. It's four races in. He's had a good car. He's not quite in the Ryan Blaney category where he's been no. competing for a win every week and had things go wrong, but he's been there. I mean, he's, he's not in the second tier. Yeah. He's I not like running badly. No, he's had, he's led to just shots. He's going to be tough in Atlanta. Yeah. He's going to be good. Oh, He'll yeah. be up there. He'll yeah, be up definitely. there in Atlanta. Um, um yeah, yeah he's, he's just, yeah. And you know, he, he kind of got taken out. I mean, it really wasn't his fault that he crashed. Right. I mean, he was, I mean, he, kind of part of it. I almost felt like he brake checked and, and got himself in trouble a little bit there. But uh, re- regardless, I mean, he, he did get wiped out. So, yeah. you know, nothing you can do there. Um, it's just one of that's one of those racing deals, you, you know, that, that happens. It's four races in, but, you know, it's only a 26 race regular season. We're in the meat of it now. Yeah. And so you can already feel the pressure on these guys, especially with how much competition there is, with how good so yeah. many people are. We talked at the beginning of the season about the possibilities of drivers that could be in that top 16. Yeah. And with drivers like Jimmy Johnson running better, you know, you got these guys that are competing again that you can't 
keep giving them away. I mean, Blaney and Truex have been giving them away, yeah. and they they're gonna have to turn it around and stop doing that, or they're gonna be at the back looking in and need a win to get into the playoffs. And yeah, um, it, it's interesting. I, I I love the competition we had this year. It's yeah. so close. Yeah, well, and Blaney, you know, Blaney was our points leader. He had, I think, he scored what one point on the day, yeah. and he uh, he's still sixth in points. So he's 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 right. setting himself up pretty good. He's doing well. Yeah. Um, but I just I want to read off our point standings really quick. Just a couple of guys here. I'll start. Uh, I'll start in fifth um, okay. because we've got Alex Bowman with a win. We've got Logano with a win, and and Chase Elliott's up there. Harvick's our points leader. Um, so we've got Johnson in fifth, which is a vast improvement no, from kidding. where he's been. Blaney, Larson, Almarola, De Benedetto, Keslowski, and this is where it's kind of getting interesting. We've got a tie for uh, we've got a tie for eleventh. Denny Hamlin, Kyle Busch, Clint Boyer, Chris Busher. Then wow. you get to Truex, Kurt Busch in sixteenth, and then Ricky Stenhouse and Bubba Wallace hmm. and William Byron right behind those guys. Wow. So some really interesting names being thrown around in there. You've got De Benedetto in the top ten and. And Johnson making a big gain. Um, Bowman, you know, those, I mean, we're jumbled right now. Getting crowded at the top. (laughs) Yeah, we've got Toyotas. We got Toyotas in the, not in the top 10. There's no, yeah, there's no Toyotas in the top 10 in points right now. We've got a tie for, yeah, we got a tie for ninth and a tie for 11th between Denny and Kyle. But Denny's got the win at Daytona. Right, Denny's in. Yeah, but yeah, that's, that's something to, that's something to note. I mean, this West Coast swing. Um, you know, you know, has left us scratching our heads a little bit, I think. Yeah, that is it is interesting. Yeah, it's a very interesting. Uh, it's a very interesting point standings. I still like looking at the old, even though the old point standings don't matter right. as much they used to any, any, anymore. I still like looking to see, you know, how drivers are performing What what especially early in the season. There's some weirdness. There's always a little bit of weirdness. Uh, but to see Chris Busher's name in there among, uh, you know, among the true X crowd and, and uh, De Benedetto creeping back up there. I mean, guys are having some good runs. I mean, that's really good science for, for all these young guys. Yeah. Um, the win for Logano was his 25th victory in 403 cup series races. Uh, his second of 2020 and his second at Phoenix raceway. Not bad for a guy who um, very well could have been in big trouble yeah. after, after his Gibbs days. Yep. He's, you know, done well for himself as a as a champion and now a 25 race winner. What a pick. You know, I mean, whoever got him coming from Gibbs was hitting the jackpot. But what a pickup for for Team Penske. Yeah. To get him. And he's yep. uh, not going anywhere. No, I feel like if, if this happened to Eric Jones right now, too, that would be very similar. Where right. if Jones, if, if Gibbs decided not to retain Jones... Um, and then let's say, let's say, you know, let's say Penske did it again and put him in the two car or something. Um, you know, you know, I feel like Joe Gibbs would be repeating itself in history almost a little bit to, to that extent. So right. I think they better be careful because you see what happens when you give up just a little too early on a guy, you, you basically one year too soon, they gave up on Joey Logano. Yeah. But I don't think if Joey would have stayed there, well, probably not the right fit, right? Yeah. You know? I, I think there was more to it than just, you know, he just got to Penske at the right time. I mean, it, it, this was a matter of the new scenery did wonders for him. Right. Um, you know, we've seen that happen with other teams. We've seen it go the other way with other team or other drivers as well. But, um, yeah. yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe Greg Zipidelli over at Gibbs at that time was probably, you know, might've been, you know, over his skis a little bit in the post Tony Stewart era. That, that could have been part of it. So, right. 
know, he'd probably working with the young drivers, probably not the easiest thing to do for, for somebody who's used to winning championships. I mean, we're seeing Chad can do a pretty decent job. Yeah. Yep. Definitely. So, yeah. Um, so, okay. So one of the big talks going into Phoenix this weekend was, well, one of the big talks going into the season this year was the fact that Phoenix is our finale this year for the cup series. It will be our championship race instead of Homestead. Um, a lot of people concerned because Homestead's put on such a great show. Um, Myself last, included. Yeah. Last year's races at Phoenix were stinkers, especially the last one, which was terrible. Um, I got to say, if uh, if things play out the way they played out on Sunday, I'm pretty satisfied with this move, don't you think, James? Man, Eric, I'm telling you. I, <laughs> wasn't it great seeing, I, you know, the more and more we see, you know, a little bit of the old package. Yeah. We we get away from the high downforce and and we add we add horsepower to the motor. Um, boy, are we seeing some really good races? Yep. And that was a fantastic show. What they had with the short spoilers and the and the you know the cut down splitter a little bit, and the high horsepower man and that and the restarts. We <laughs> think they're crazy. We think they're crazy at 550 on the mile and a half. Right. Man, that dogleg causes some chaos. I, love I hated that dogleg when they announced it. I'm like, why in the world are they going to let them run down there? But it is awesome. Yeah, <laughs> and it's, it's even better the fact that it's go, it's you know right after the start finish line, it's going into turn one. I love it. I like yep. the changes that Phoenix has made to the track. I think it's changed things a lot having the finish line in a different spot. Um, I think everything's been right there. The so uh, this just weekend wacky. was just perfect as far as. You know, we had uh, we had um, you know we had the the old package back, the old short track package, even though it's not a short short track Dale Jr. Um, we had uh, a tire that wore out, which was awesome. We had the PJ one yep. applied perfectly. Um, I say we take the book that we we filled out this weekend and apply the exact same thing in November, and we're good yeah. to go for the finale. Yes, NASCAR and the track did their homework. Yep, um, to make it right, and I know. You know, these teams are going to be doing their homework as well. They're going to be, yeah. uh, you know, analyzing this race like crazy. But it's still going to be a, a crapshoot to a certain extent because, you know, right. it's just wild racing. So, well, and I got to say that Homestead did not impress me last year. And, you know, you and I disagreed a little bit on it because I think you thought the Homestead race was decent. I was not I a fan it was of it. Decent. Yeah. I mean, uh, it was, I think we both agreed that it was not the best Homestead of right. the last however many years. Yeah. Um, since Tony Stewart won in 2011, probably was was the start of the Homestead, uh, you know, being a fan, really fantastic show. Right. I think I think this track, the way this race was and the added pressure of four guys going for the championship, I think uh, I think it's going to be pretty good. I think I'm excited about the change now. Um, I like yeah. the fact that there was uh, there wasn't one guy that was like, oh, my God, this guy's going to dominate this race. I mean. We had four guys lead a ton of laps. I, yeah. You know, the most was Chase Elliott, who finished seventh. William Byron, or Chase Elliott led 93. Ch uh, William Byron, or sorry, Brad Keselowski. Yeah, Brad Keselowski yeah. led 82. Um, Kevin Harvick led 67. Joey Logano led 60. You know, those four guys are the guys who led the majority yeah. of the laps. But uh, Martin Truex Jr. had 11 in there as well. Everybody else in single digits. But... You know, it wasn't one guy running away with it, and I like the way that looks for for November. Yeah, I mean, shoot, Logano almost got wrecked on one of those late race restarts where he yeah. got tapped. <laughs> I mean, as far well, down as you can go. Keselowski did get wrecked, and he still came back, and he was running well. Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean I know. Keselowski that had the really, fastest car, I think. Really ruined Keselowski. Yeah, he that really ruined his day. I think he that was his race. Yeah, and I think he know I think he knows it too. But, um, but yeah, that man, yeah, that dog leg, wow, unpredictable as heck down the backstretch. I, yep. I, I mean, I don't think we saw. I thought we would see better racing, but we didn't see that coming where we were completely blown away. That's probably no. the best race of the season, I think. Yeah, uh, it's. I, I mean. Daytona is is one thing, but yeah. this so far, I mean, out of the West Coast swing, that was fantastic. Well, and you know what? I even go so far as to say Daytona, the the last 30 laps were great, but the rest of the yeah, race was... Oh, yeah, I agree with you. It yeah. wasn't that great. So I, I honestly out, think, yeah, yeah, this was the yeah. best race of the season so far. Yep, it was, for sure. And, for sure. and, I, and we I, haven't I, had I, bad I, races I, this year, but this was the best one. As disappointed as we may be in, in Homestead going away and, and, and being a driver's track, and we like that, and, and the history of Homestead. Now, Homestead's become you know, historic in NASCAR sense in a NASCAR sense. But, um, you know, this sets us up, this sets up, sets us up for a nice little, uh, I don't know, West coast soiree with the, yeah. <laughs> when we get, we get back out there. I'm excited about it. I don't know. I'm not disappointed anymore. <laughs> no, me either. I, I am. Yeah. I'm worried. Uh, you know, I am worried for what will happen with the next gen car, obviously when we get to, when we get to next year, but I mean, we got a lot of learning to do with that thing. So next year is going to be a crapshoot regardless. So while we got it, I mean, this is going to be a great finale for for uh, for this for this ride. Well, let's make a quick mention of next year. Um, I forgot to put it in the show notes, but we got some news this week that uh, NASCAR. I don't know if it was actually official news, but Adam Stern reported that NASCAR is um, leaving their uh, self-set deadline of April 1st for the schedule yeah, they, for 2021. Um, yep. That they are going to postpone a little bit and make sure they're making the right calls and right decisions and whatnot. We, yeah, we well, talked about that. Because yeah, I think you do you. I don't know. Maybe you don't agree with me. I think that's a good thing. Um, because I, I think that means NASCAR is working on some major changes that they just aren't ready to announce yet. Yeah, I think so, and I think it also means that you know maybe we're waiting a little closer to Pocono, maybe after Pocono to decide whether that works, whether we're going to mm-hmm. go that route. Um, I'm okay with taking some extra time. I mean, I'm anxious to know what it's going to be, but yeah, what difference does it make other than the tracks can't start selling tickets in advance? What difference does it make whether we announce it now or announce it three months from now? It's not going to make a difference. Yeah, and and tracks like Daytona. I mean, Daytona's already starting their promotions, obviously. Um, Exactly. I mean, fans do have to make plans and make reservations, but a lot of times you can't reserve this far in advance anyway, so... Yeah, exactly. I think uh, I think this is a good sign. I think maybe NASCAR is working on a couple of big moves that they just... Maybe they just, you know, maybe they're 90% there and they just don't know, you know, what what it's got to take to push that across the goal line, but... Uh, that's going to be a good thing. I'm, yep. I'm, I think that's a good thing. I'm not in a rush to see it. I mean, wait till May 1st if you have to. That's yeah. fine. Just one, thing, right. one thing they did note, though, was that they do expect, although it's not in stone, they do expect that Phoenix will be the finale next year as well. So, yeah, you got to keep it for a couple of years. Yeah, I'm all right with maybe two years, three years, and then switch it up. Well, let's, yeah, I mean, let's see what happens this year. And I'd say let's see what happens next year with, with the next gen car yeah. to see what we've got. And then, you know, if, if, uh, you know, we're not sure. Then we can make a change. Yep, I agree. But I think you're locked in. I think you're locked in for at least three years. Yeah, I think you kind of got to make that commitment to the track and the community yeah. and everything. Yeah. Next spring, we're not. Next spring at Phoenix when we get there, it's going to be completely different than what we're even going to see in the finale with with right. teams learning about this car even more. Well, that's going to be so. That's something that's worth worth noting too. Is we've gone many many years. And we've gone the entire history of this format where we've not gotten a chance to run at the championship track earlier in the season. 
Um, so what does that do? I mean, how, how does that change for these teams now that they've had a chance to see what this track is like? I highly doubt NASCAR will make any changes to anything before the fall because it was so successful. So is that an advantage for these teams? Is that a disadvantage? I mean, how does that change how they approach November? They've got an idea what to expect. Yeah. Well, I think every team outside of the rules changes, but every team's got the same you know, same opportunity, right? Right. Whether you're racing at Homestead once a year or you're racing at Phoenix twice a year. I mean, they all have the same tape. They all have the same data. Uh, they know what's, you know, what's working for them, what's not. So I think, I mean, I, I don't know, outside of some extra research um, by these teams, I, man, I don't know, Eric. I don't know. I mean, it's a long time away. <laughs> right. Yet. And it's a different time of year. You just don't know how, how different yeah. it's going to be. Yeah, it is. It's going to change a lot, but I think the team's, you know, and I think NASCAR, I think we're, we'll see maybe better racing. Yeah. You know, possibly I, I, I you know, give or take, <laughs> you know, that was, that's a pretty good race. Yeah. But unless somebody figured something out that they don't share with everybody else, but I, who knows? Possibly. Yeah. Possibly. Yeah. But you got, but the thing is you got to make it to Phoenix now as one of the final <laughs> right. four for it to really matter. So, yep. you know, you gotta, you know, you're going to have to show your hand a little bit somewhere. Yep. All right. Uh, another news item that I almost forgot to include, Ryan Blaney signs an extension, so he's one of the names out of the list of free agents now. Um, yep. We didn't get the terms, but multi-year extension sounds like he's going to be uh, going to be with Penske for quite a while. Um, yep, that's great. Yeah, I think it's a good move for Blaney. I think it's a good move for Penske. I think everybody's – I think right, it's a good move for everybody here. Yep. I mean, yeah, Blaney, I, think... Blaney, I don't think is going to do better elsewhere. It's not like he's struggling at Penske. I don't really see a reason for him to look somewhere else. There's nowhere for him to really go. No. that's not a lateral move. If you're if you're at Penske, you're right there with Hendrick, Stuart Haas, Gibbs. Right. I mean, you're you're. I mean, that's you're tier one. You right. know, there's only a handful of teams in tier one. So yeah. if you're at Penske, I mean, you got somebody like Brad different. Keselowski who we could talk about him differently. You know, he's got the the former relationship with Hendrick, um, yeah. and obviously, you know, he's been with Penske all these years. Maybe it is time for a change for him. So, um, well, I think you know. Well, I don't know if we want to get into speculation, <laughs> but I, I, I am speculating like crazy with Brad. Yeah. Um, and I've, I've seen a lot of people on online saying, why would you sign Blaney first? Yeah. Well, it's a little easier to sign. Not that Blaney's unproven, um, but to sign the younger guy on a smaller salary to multi-year deal than it is to sign a champion who is on the, on the, probably the highest end of the pay scale. I mean, right. he's right there. You know, there, you know, there's not many drivers making more money than Brad Keselowski. Yeah. So to sign Brad for a long-term deal at a certain price is going to be a little bit harder of a negotiation. So Brad's going to be Brad, looking for some dough for one. Yes. And where he can get that dough and he's going to want to be super competitive. So yep. um, sounds, I mean, the way Brad was talking at the track, I mean, he, he's open for business to hearing from anybody and yeah. he was honest with yeah, uh, I I've, I think you and I both agree. We think he's going to be driving somewhere else next yeah, year. Yeah, but. but you know what? We were pretty sure that Denny Hamlin was going somewhere else a couple of years ago. We did think that too. I, yeah, I mean, that's true. <laughs> so, yeah, when, when it all comes down to it, options may close up. We'll see what happens. But right now, yeah, it's looking really good. Like Brad's going to be somewhere else. I really think he's going to be, you know, somewhere at Hendrick. <laughs> yeah, I was really on the uh, the Kyle Larson to 48 uh bandwagon until you mentioned Brad and starting to think about the, the Hendrick history and, and all that. I, I, I really think that that's Brad's destination. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. It'd be a nice, um, 
you know, his whole career coming full circle to come back to Hendrick and yep. finish up, you know, where he started. So, yeah, and I, I mean, would, that's a, that's what we're talking here. This could be the last contract for Brad. So, yeah, yeah. And the retirement rumors, where did that come from? I don't know. I mean, good that, Lord. you know, you got guys like Jimmy Johnson retiring in, in the 30s. I know. He's just a, he's just still a pup. I know. Jimmy's at least in his, you know, approaching his mid 40s. Right. I don't know. Crazy. <laughs> Craziness. Uh, people love silly season. Yeah, the people, sometimes the media needs something to talk about, so they like to make some, you know, ask a question that gets some attention. So, for sure, um, somebody who is uh, looking for something for next season gets to be the next one in line to test the next gen car. Uh, Clint Boyer going to test the car at Atlanta. Um, another post race test, so we get to test the car on uh, on a nice rubber in track. I don't know. If there's really a whole lot to add here, but um, Boyer's making the rounds and gets his shot. Well, we'll get to see. Uh, we'll finally get our first, you know, woohoo test <laughs> right. from Clint Boyer. I don't know how much feedback Clint's going to be providing, other than that was awesome. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> if he, if his uh, persona precedes him, I guess. But right. no, I'm sure he'll. I'm sure having a veteran like him is is actually probably a pretty good thing. So they, the guys who have tested now, we've had Joey, um, we've had William Byron. So we've had the young buck, um, and now Clint. So yeah. uh, that's a nice little. You know, roster. We had? We, had, we had another one too, didn't we? Yeah, there was another one in there. Austin Dillon tested. Yeah, didn't uh, didn't Martin Truex tested test early in the process as well? Maybe I can't remember. I don't. But remember. I know Logano was one of the first ones at Phoenix. Yeah. And, you know, early early on. So. Yeah, I know. Well, yeah, I think Austin Dillon. I think yeah, Dillon right. did. I think Dillon was one of the very first. Yeah, he was. Yes, remember because yeah. uh, Childress built the chassis. Yeah, yeah, I remember that now. Yeah. Yeah. So Clint. Yeah, Clint would be a nice little. Um, but I, I was, I saw a post, um, was it yesterday where they're already looking at some of the differences between the tests of the car. They're mm. seeing pictures, you know, of the car kind of transforming as the tests are going on. So NASCAR is learning. They're putting, they're definitely putting the data to use. Well, and I, I saw love all these somewhere and I don't know where it was. It might've just been in a tweet that basically the car that we're testing right now is 99% of the actual final product. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So. so we're getting there. Yep. Well, these teams got to start building it. I yeah. Mean, it's, oh, yeah, definitely. Down, yeah, we're getting I, I mean, I know we're early into the season, but we're getting down to the to the nitty gritty. So, yep. yeah, the, you, you want to get a fleet of them. sourcing to, to to build them to build most of them is going to have to start yeah. to start making a lot of cars, too. So, yep. Uh, we got uh, we finally got to hear from Ryan Newman this week. James, we heard from him this morning on the Today Show. Um, didn't get, you know, a whole lot. Out of this interview, we got, I mean, we kind of got confirmation of what we already assumed. Um, Newman revealed that he was unconscious at one point during the accident. He says he remember, there's a portion of the race he doesn't remember. Um, suffered, uh, in quotes, a bruised brain, basically a bruised brain, I think was the specific quote he said. Yep. Um, and he will be back. Cold, the cold trickle injury. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He'll be back as soon as possible. Um, seemed really in good spirits in, during the interview. Um, seemed very happy and grateful to be there. Um, he did mention that the roll cage was compromised and said that, uh, that LaJoy's car actually hit the top of his seat or hit his seat in the accident. Yep. Um, so hopefully we get to hear more about the car and, and all that stuff. Um, you know, I'm, I'm interested to hear more of how he was, how he survived the accident, you know, how the safety measures worked, what didn't work. Um, yeah. Who knows how much of that NASCAR will ever reveal because they don't have to. 
Um, yeah, I would like to know what safety points worked. Yeah. Um, and, and if NASCAR, I, you know, I haven't even heard if NASCAR is going to take, I'm assuming they will, but take what they learned from this wreck and apply it to the new car because whatever happened in this worst case scenario crash, right. uh, we have a driver who's alive and able to talk about it. Yeah. Um, but the the way he was talking about LaJoy hitting his seat, he said it was a uh, like a series of circumstances that benefited him. The way he was moving forward and the right. way that LaJoy hit his seat was just so. Um, so he's probably inches away from, you know, a different story. But right. Man, yeah, I wish I would have known more. I, you know, saying that the roll cage is compromised is one thing, but then he's he kind of contradicted himself saying the welds had all held. I don't know. Yeah. What does that mean? I don't know. So and I know when you go on the Today Show, he's probably talking to the general fan, right? Ryan. Yeah. And Ryan, this is a four minute interview about, yeah. you know, the crash <laughs> surviving, you know, a yeah. near death experience. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. uh, I'd like to hear us being more in the industry, you know, every aspect of the industry, you and I, you know, we, we take all that news in and we feel like we can understand it. Right. Um, I just wish I hope my hope is that NASCAR will talk more about the crash and um, kind of break it down for us to tell us why stuff that the, you know, stuff that the uh, casual fan wouldn't care to understand. Um, I think we are interested more in, in that part of it. Yeah. And we, you know, we speculated a lot leading up to this and I still don't know the answer. Why, why did Newman choose the today show? Why did, why did he go this route? He was at the track last weekend, um, refused interviews. He did a, you know, a walk and talk through the garage area and answered a few questions, but wouldn't get into details. Basically any of the tough questions he kind of dodged. Um, Mike Joy tweeted that Fox had requested multiple times during the weekend for an interview and he turned them all down. Um, obviously NBC is a partner with, with NASCAR, but it's not their half of the season. Um, and they, you know, this wasn't a NASCAR show. What in the world? Why did he do the today show? Is it just, is it just because he's trying to get in front of as many people as Maybe. possible? I mean, I just don't, I don't understand this move. Yeah, it's weird. And it's it not like weird. the Today Show pays people to be guests, so I doubt yeah. he was paid by the Today Show to do this. Yeah, I don't know why he wouldn't do like a sit down with Jeff Gordon versus yeah. being on the Today Show. I yeah, I don't. I just don't understand, don't, and we no. don't. We won't get yeah, into the speculation weird. that we had prior to this, but it was a lot of speculation. And of course, maybe that's still the deal. Um, I guess we don't know yet, but it was pretty vague in that interview. It was I mean, very really vague. vague. It was there yeah. was very little information in that interview. Yeah, I mean the big thing is is he had a bruised brain and his seat got hit. I mean yeah. those are the two big takeaways, yep. which is which I found interesting. But again, I want to know more about the crash. I mean, let's just say Corey LeJoy, LeJoy told us a lot more on his podcast about right. what he experienced than we've heard from Newman yet. So yeah, and, and yeah, I mean it's this is Newman's deal. He can do what he wants to do. I I you know we had a discussion you and I and and Todd during the week on what we're entitled to know and what we're not. And I, I kind of feel as a celebrity whose fans, you know, the, the sports fans pay your salary, allow you to do what you're doing. I feel like you owe it to them to provide more information and more insight, but yeah. I'm not saying he's required to. I just think he owes it to us to yeah. do that. Yeah. But, I hope, uh, I hope Nat, there's an, a NASCAR sit down with someone that he, um, that he trusts. I don't, yeah. I don't know. Um, hopefully down the line, we'll see. I don't know. I look forward to seeing him get back in the car. Yeah, I mean, just glad he's okay, honestly. Geez, still still glad he's okay. I mean, it's... Yeah, that's the biggest thing. I mean, no matter what, um, he's alive. He's going to be back racing, we would assume. Um, 
it, obviously based on what we saw and what we were expecting after the race, you know, minutes after the crash, um, it's still amazing to think. <laughs> it's yeah, man. Absolutely amazing yeah. to think. Yeah. So, um, speaking of uh, of just dire situations, oh, uh, so let's talk. Let's talk coronavirus. I teased that we would be doing this. NASCAR announced changes this week. Um, at the track, and, and I forgot to put a link in the show notes to the article so I could get into more of the details. Um, I'll add that before we post the show notes. Um, so NASCAR announced changes at the track due to the coronavirus fears. Um, one, the driver and crew chief meetings are going to be held in open-air locations at the track instead of in a tent or in a room like they've been. Um, they will be restricted, restricted to drivers, crew chiefs, team owners, select officials, and dignitaries, um, which basically means media is not allowed in. <laughs> Pretty yeah, much. I mean that's every every sports league's <laughs> doing it, so NASCAR's got a chance to do it. That's the only change I see there is that the media well, won't be in there because everybody else is point, still be. Yeah, hold that point, Eric. I'm gonna let you finish this summary, and I have a question for you on the media aspect of this, but I'll, I want to let you finish your your quick summary. All right, sounds good. Um, speaking of media availability, the at the track will be so NASCAR started last year this thing where. You know, it used to be they had a few, a couple press conferences during the week where the driver would sit up at a table and answer questions in the room. And then that was it. Um, and then you would, after the race, the top three guys would come in there and do a press conference as well. And those were your interviews as media members. So last year they enacted um, during qualifying, the entire field comes through a bullpen and the media can talk to any driver as they come through. They're all required to go through it unless they had a press conference or media availability earlier in the day. They do these um, scrums or uh, um, like roundtable things where so they'll have the couple of media normal press conferences, but then they'll take a driver. They'll take like three drivers at a time or four drivers at a time and put them in seats in the room at different areas of the room. And basically you just crowd around them and ask them questions um, as much as you want. You, you get as much time as you want. Basically, they usually unless they're in a rush to get somewhere, they'll sit there until the last person asks the last question. And then they do um, top 10 availability after the race um, in a bullpen on pit road. So all the top 10 drivers in the race come by. And then as well as during the playoffs, all the playoff um, field will come through as well and answer questions. Um, some of them do the Kyle Busch thing where they basically are just there so they don't get fined and answer nothing. But for the most part, it's pretty good. Um, so NASCAR is going to make some changes to this. All of the media availability at the track, those scrums in the media center, those are all going to be press conferences again. Um, so there will be multiple press conferences in the media center. Um, they released the schedule for Atlanta. It's the same drivers that would have had their availability. It's just you're asking in front of the group now. Um, the full field availability during qualifying and the post race will all still be there, but they're going to have a six foot buffer um, for the drivers and media um, to keep people away from the drivers. Other things that are changed as well. Um, track services meetings will be open air locations. Um, NASCAR is recommending that teams limit access to the haulers to necessary personnel. Um, driver appearances are asked to be scheduled to ensure the drivers are visible in an open air setting. Um, driver autographs, they're asking drivers to pre-sign items whenever possible, carry their own Sharpie and hero cards. Um, these are recommendations. It's not requirements. Drivers can do what they want. Um, pre-race, post-race activities, uh, will also have the six foot buffer around the grid and around the driver introduction stage, victory lane. It'll be interesting to see how that works. Um, advanced in-market driver appearances, they'll be replaced with remote media activities um, or scheduled for a later date. And the at-track evaluation process, all individuals coming into the infield care center after demonstrating symptoms uh, potentially consistent with coronavirus, they'll be handled by me medical professionals. 
Um, and uh, yeah, so um, a lot of precautions, big precautions. We've seen a lot of stuff just announced today around the country. Um, March Madness announced that they will be playing in front of no crowds. Um, some of the NBA teams have announced that. We've had a couple NHL teams do that. Um, Supercross has been canceled in Seattle this weekend as a result. So we're seeing a lot of precautions here. NASCAR is trying to take the steps and not have to cancel races. Um, what do you got, James? Uh, I have no idea what to do. <laughs> so <laughs> no, I think, uh, well, you and I were talking before the podcast yes. and I don't think NASCAR will end up canceling any events. I think if I, we go uh, the next two months without a race cancellation, I'll be very surprised. Yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not super confident in my thinking there. <laughs> I, just, I just have such a hard time. But again, like, man, you know, when you're in like the NBA or NHL, yeah, you can have events without, you know, without fans in the stands. I feel like it's easier for NASCAR to hold their events without people in the stands yeah the only the only problem is is when you're talking about nascar you're talking about the circus that comes with it right see that's the and problem that a I lot have. of people it's yeah, a lot of people that's the problem that i have with nascar is that it's not it's not the fans in the stands that are probably the issue although you are pretty tight with other people you're out in the open air probably less of a concern of that although we've seen you know even locally some outdoor events get canceled recently um basically anything that's got a crowd of more than 30 people is getting canceled happening it's happening to us locally right now our one of our area's biggest events of the entire year the st patty's day parade in bay city canceled yep. and, and the races that come with it when uh you know you've got seven thousand runners ready to <laughs> ready to tow the line at uh, the st patty's day races they will not be will not be doing that this year so um you know it's hitting it's hitting us close to home too and it's <laughs> it's hitting everybody everywhere today yeah so um todd had an interesting prediction and I, I'm going to tell you what it is, because at first I thought, you know, that makes a lot of sense. But now that I look at it, it doesn't. So he suggested that maybe, you know, we've got Atlanta and Homestead coming up. These are races that are standalone events. Um, they don't run at these tracks again another weekend. So chances of those ones being moved are probably less less likely. But then March 29th, we had to Texas Motor Speedway, April 5th, Bristol Motor Speedway, April 19th, Richmond. So we run the tracks that we've run at twice. What about taking one of those and saying, okay, we'll just make a double header later in the season and, uh, and run both races, but, you know, space it out now. So we, we have those weekends off. The only concern I have with that is that you move Texas to the second Texas race and make a double header. It's now in the playoffs. Same with Bristol. Bristol's in the playoffs. Um, Richmond, I can't remember if, in, if that's in the playoffs. So that's not going to work if we do that. Yeah. Richmond's right, yeah. in the playoffs as well. Yeah. So that, that, that option doesn't work to make the double headers, but you know, NASCAR wants some weeknight races and stuff. This might be a way to test that too. Right. Um, obviously they're going to do whatever they have to do. Um, you know, we've seen this, this coronavirus thing change rapidly and it might change well, uh, to the good. Just Eric, as rapidly, I, Eric but... I don't know if you saw. Yeah. Well, I don't know if you've seen the news, but president Trump, um, just announced, just had a big announcement. Um, Stopping all travel to Europe. I see that. I knew. I saw that. That yeah. that was probably. I mean, this coming. is happening as we're recording this podcast. Yep. Shit is going. <laughs> Sorry, pardon, <laughs> pardon my language, but that's. I mean, that's that's it. I mean, it's it's yeah. happening in real time. Things are happening really fast. So who knows? I mean, heck, to be honest, you know, we're going to Atlanta in a couple a couple days. Things could change before we get to Atlanta. I mean, yeah. 
who knows? Um, yeah. So stay tuned and, and keep yeah. an eye out. You know, I will say I'm, I'm willing to jump on here. If we get a cancellation or something like that, we get some big news. We'll jump on and do a special podcast and talk about it um, yeah. if we can get together. But uh, but yeah, it's it's crazy. And I mean, I guess it's good to be proactive. Right. Right. Well, and so here's my I want to go back to my question I have for you really quick. Yeah. Um, so all of these leagues are mm. banishing the media from locker rooms and all these other places. Yep. As, as a media member yourself, mm-hmm. are you worried that we're setting a precedent with this media thing where, yeah, we're going to use this as a way to reset how media has access to sporting events. I've seen this discussed a few places and I, I wonder if it's something that's crossed your mind. Yeah. I don't know. I think we already are in that place anyway. I mean, really, if we want to get into media ethics when it comes to this sort of thing, like I always was taught that as a media member, if you're covering an event, you pay to get into the event, um, you do it completely independently because then there's no reason to be biased toward the event. Whereas as a sports journalist, you get in free to these events. They usually feed you really well. Um, You know, you get this access that you wouldn't normally get, but even that's limited to whatever Mm -hmm. their rules are. Um, You know, uh, uh, let's say, you know, you tick off an NBA team, that NBA team can pull your credentials Mm -hmm. and now you don't have the access that anybody else has. And so I don't know. It's already such a gray area, James. It's it's yeah, it's hard. It's because you're talking about, you know, private entities or or you know, however you want to discuss it, it's, it's not like they're, you know, a government entity, right? so they right. can set their own rules. And I don't yeah, know. I just, yeah. I just worry about, you know, fan or not fan uh, about media ass access going forward. I'm not yeah. worried about it in NASCAR because NASCAR has taken the steps to go the opposite direction. Yeah. They want it. They want access. As I much mean, as possible. The, the access just in the, you know, the couple years that I've been doing this, the access last year compared to this year or compared to previous years was amazing. I mean, for for somebody like me on a podcast that makes no money, we just do this as a fun, you know, hobby on the week, you know, during the week we go to, you know, I've gone to four races the last couple of years, four cup races the last couple of years to be able to go and interview, ask Jimmy Johnson as many questions as I want to ask him. Like I got to last year at Michigan. Um, You know, I can't ask for anything more than that. That's yeah. There is no more that I could get. That I, I mean, it's way more than I'm entitled to. Like I, every time I asked Jimmy a question, I would look around like somebody's going to come stop me at some point and tell me you can't be doing this. Yeah. Like you're in the wrong place. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? And so, um, no, I'm not worried about NASCAR doing it. Other sports, maybe, I don't know. It's, you know, I mean, do we really need access to the locker room though? Or can we, I don't know. I don't know. I, yeah, I got to go in the locker room at a lion's game and I'll tell you what, I don't want to go back. Yeah, I don't think I'd want to be there either. Yeah, if you want to know what any of the lions' asses look like, just let me know and I'll describe it. Yeah, I'm not interested. In that. Okay. Uh, right. It was so uncomfortable and awkward. But anyway, yeah. oh my god, yeah, I just wanted to get your perspective as somebody who's you know you've been in a lot of scrums in your day. Yeah, and I just wanted to get your thoughts on you know if, if things are going to be changing for the worse for for media. I don't know. I, yeah. I think we're in an interesting place. We don't know. I mean, gosh, I mean, we started recording this podcast and things have changed so much. We don't know what's going to change from minute to minute. I know at this point. Yeah. And maybe it's all an overreaction, but I'd rather overreact. And 
I'd rather well, overreact know, and be safe than underreact and really create an issue. Sometimes, yeah, you gotta do things for the greater good of of humanity, I guess. Yeah. In this instance. I mean, it's gonna suck when we're all stuck at home because we aren't allowed to travel and but nothing. There's nothing to watch either. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully NASCAR can get some races in this weekend because I have a feeling we're gonna be probably locked down here. At, you know. At, yeah. Outside of I don't know. I mean, I'll still probably get my weekend running, and even though I don't have a race anymore, I'm I'm gonna get some miles in somehow. So right. that's kind of a lonely, kind of a lonely <laughs> venture for for me, regardless. You I know, have to work they people, make but. these things now, James, where you can you can put it right in your house, and you can just run right there in place. You don't even have yeah, to. Yeah, those go. are expensive. <laughs> They're also so boring. Yeah, it's awful. But you oh, can watch man. TV while you're doing it. Yeah, yeah. I know a guy who uh, did a, over a hundred miles as in a in a competition on a treadmill at one time. Huh. And I said, that's what they do to people in hell. That yeah. is what they do. They put them on treadmills for yeah, hundreds Yeah, because you of can, like, buy a treadmill, James, that has, like, the Boston Marathon programmed in it. And it I'm will... not going to do that. No. <laughs> I, can't, I can't be on a treadmill for <laughs> – my maximum treadmill time is, like, three miles at the max. And yeah. that's – at that whole time, I'm just, like, what am I doing on this thing? Yeah, we I have a, be outside. We have a treadmill. We use it to hold our clothes that we hang. So. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> the American way. Yep. Um, let's talk Atlanta a little bit. If we do have a race this weekend, we go to Atlanta and we get to see our first bounty race in the truck series. Uh, the the uh, NASCAR Gander Outdoor and RV series, right? Did I get that right? Close. Yeah. That's uh, enough. They return to action this weekend. Kyle Busch will be facing um, who we got. We got uh, Chase Elliott this weekend, right? Is running yep, Chase Atlanta. Is this weekend. And yeah. And then uh, I don't know if Brent, when Brendan Poole is running and uh, John Hunter. Um, I don't know when they... John Hunter's a sneaky candidate to win that money. Yeah. Brendan Poole, no, not so much. So so let's talk about this. First of all, James, is Kyle going to get beaten? If he doesn't if he doesn't get beaten in these races, he'll finish the season um, with 11 truck series wins in a row. Well, um, that guy. Uh, so they have to win the race like Chase Elliott has to win the race and beat Kyle, right? I Kyle, Kyle can't have a flat tire. And OK, so here's the deal. Dave Moody, I was listening to Dave today and a bunch of people were calling asking Dave what what happens in this scenario? What happens in this scenario? Well, here's the problem. Um, there's no rule book <laughs> for this. Yeah. This is something that Kevin Harvick made up on Twitter. And then uh, uh, Marcus Limonis jumped in and said, yep, I'll match it. And that's it. That's all we really know. So who knows what okay. the actual rules are behind this? They have to be a full-time cup driver competing for cup points is what I right. understand. We know I that. I think they have to win the race. I, I really don't know. I think they just have to – do they just have to beat Kyle? No. I don't know. Either way, we'll find out this weekend. Yeah. So is Kyle going to lose or is he going to win the rest of these races? He's got to lose at some point. The odds are not in his favor that he's going to win 11 straight truck races. I mean, that's ridiculous. If anybody can do it, I guess it is Kyle. But I just – somebody's going to win this thing. I think Kyle will get beat, but I don't think it's going to be one of the cup guys. Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, like a Crafton could sneak yeah, in. Yeah, I or could something. see a Crafton or a Sauter or maybe, heck, another one of the KBM trucks. Yeah. Um, who what has. About the Rush, what about the Rush girl? How about yeah. Uh, her? Yeah, you know, I you notice I left Angela Ruck and her husband out of the show notes. Oh, fuck, yeah. I'm sorry. I always get that wrong. Yeah. So, I, don't think it, I don't think it deserves to be corrected, though. Yeah, I actually <laughs> wanted to mention. Angela Rux, I'm glad you brought her up. Um, really, you know, honestly, Angela really doesn't have a whole lot to do with this because she hasn't said a whole lot. It's been mostly her husband. Um, and the only 
thing I'm going to do is say that I refuse to discuss him on the podcast and give him more good. attention than he's already getting. I agree. So. Yeah, good. Yeah, I think we've said enough. <laughs> yep. So back to the bounty. Um, if so, of these cup guys that are running, again, we got John Hunter Nemechek, we got Brendan Poole, we got um, Chase Elliott, we got Kyle Larson. Um, I think that's all of them, right? Yep. I think that's it. Uh, who's got the best chance of beating him? Who do we see beating him? I like Chase. I think Chase has got a pretty decent. State. Larson's going to be a problem. At yeah. Homestead. Larson is going to be a problem. So. I don't know. I think. I think Larson's got the best shot, but I don't think any of these guys are the guy to do it. I so, you know, nothing against Chase, nothing against Kyle. I think they're great drivers, but the problem is, is you've got Kyle who's in his own equipment. He knows what he's got. He's been driving this truck now. This is his. This will be his yeah. third race this season, right? Third, I think. Right. And yep. he already knows the feel. He does this all the time. These guys haven't been in truck in a while. You know, and Larson's. Yeah, and, and Kyle Busch doesn't skimp on his stuff no. when he's driving that truck either. I mean, Larson, last time he was in a truck was at Eldora, wasn't it? I think that's the last time he's raced a truck, yeah. I mean, and he, he raced Eldora two years or a couple years in a row, it's but that a lot, was it. Right? Yeah. Um, Chase Elliott hasn't been in a truck in a long time. Um, I just don't think – I don't see these guys doing it. Um, Not straight up. I mean, something's going to no. have to happen to Kyle. No, and then that, then the question becomes, okay, if Kyle breaks or something like that, I don't think the bounty should exist. Then if, if it's a mechanical failure, I think they should have to beat him straight up to get the money. So, yeah, I think that's a. I think that would be a fair assessment. I mean, that's the way it usually works at your local short track. The The guy you're trying to beat has to finish on the lead lap. Um, you know, I mean, obviously, again, bounties are different all the time because there's not really a rule book behind yeah, it. It's, but. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love the idea of the bounty. I, I do, really too. I, I think NASCAR needs to pick this up. And this is OK. So when was the last time the truck series races had this much attention? Eldora. Exactly. Eldora won. Eldora won. Yeah. The and first one. so we've got a double header this weekend with the net. That was seven years ago. Yeah. yeah. We have the truck race and the Xfinity race on the same day. And for the first time ever, you've got both races on the same day and everybody's more excited about the truck race. I venture to say that the truck race is the most exciting event of the weekend. Yeah, I agree. It's right there. I mean, it's, it, I mean, the, the cup race is a behemoth, but this truck race is going to be, I am more interested in watching the truck race than so, I am the cup race. So here's my argument for you. Oh, are you ready? I want to hear it. Yeah. So you have been very vocal on this podcast in the past uh -oh. about these cup drivers coming down and racing in this lower series. Yeah. And here you're saying this race I know is the most anticipated because why? Because cup drivers are coming down and racing in this About, series. I know. Can we just get over this truck, this cup driver in the lower series crap? Just let it happen, man. Yeah. So. I, well, I listen, man, I like, <laughs> I like the balance we have struck with the cup and Xfinity allotment of races that they're allowed to run. I think it's I think, stupid. I think it's been a good thing for the series. I just think that the younger drivers are getting more of a chance to shine. I think it's been good. I think really do. But you have brought up a great point, and I really wish the bounty wasn't just for the cup drivers. Well, it's I not, wish, though, because I forget. I wish who, it was for everybody. Yeah. Who was it that threw the money up for a regular? So if, if a regular beats Kyle, they get 50000 um this weekend. One of the yeah. team owners threw that up, and then now – He's uh, people are or uh, Stuart Friesen's team's upset with him, right? Yeah, or Stuart Friesen because uh, anyway, there's a whole deal yeah, there was an article wrecked, Stuart wrecked car, it. yeah. Um, yeah. James sent me the link and I didn't add it to the show notes. I, yeah, it's not probably worth the show notes, but it's interesting that there's a lawsuit and right, 
has to do with one of the guys putting up the $50,000. Anyway. Yeah. So anyway, um, I think it's a great deal. I am excited about it. I hope it brings the attention. I honestly hope that Chase doesn't win it this week because I'd like to see it continue. Um, yeah, it's good. I'd, it's I'd good. like to see it go to Homestead or, or beyond. Yeah. Um, I like it. And so one other thing I want to note last week, there was we speculated as to why Kevin Harvick did this. Um, of course, this is Rodney Childers. His crew chief is not mm-hmm. Kevin Harvick speaking, but Childers said on Sirius this week that basically this was a Kyle Kyle Bush respect thing from Kevin Harvick. It was Harvick saying, "You guys say that he these these that Kyle's going down and cherry picking in this lower series. It's not that easy. If you guys think it's that easy, show us how it's done." And he put the money up to encourage them to go down and show how simple it is to win these races and basically show that Kyle is doing this and he's working hard at it and he's doing it. He's winning because he's good. And, you know, there's a lot of talk about, you know, Chiller's talked about the fact that Harvick respects. And I agree with this. I understand this, that Harvick had a team. He, he understands that the reason that Kyle does this. Yes, Kyle likes picking up trophies. Yes, Kyle likes to win. But Kyle does this to get the sponsor on the truck for the rest of the season for these young drivers that he feels. And there has not been a guy in NASCAR that has been, that has brought up as many young drivers and given his shot to as many young drivers as Kyle Busch has. Um, yes, you're expected to produce when you're in his equipment, but these kids are getting chances they wouldn't get in top notch equipment because Kyle Busch is running, you know, his couple truck mm-hmm. series races a year and winning these races. If Kyle's not allowed to do that, he doesn't have a team to do that with. Right. So um, I, I think it's cool. It's I I still prefer I'd prefer it if Harvick was doing it as a shot at, at Kyle, because I think I think Kyle Busch and Kevin Harvick uh, feuding is like the best thing you could have. for me too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It would be the it would be there's not many uh, other. I mean, Logano and yeah. him in there. But yeah, there's yeah. Or Keselowski. That's always good. Yeah. Um, see, the problem with Logano is, right is nobody likes Logano either. Right. So right. people like Kevin. Yeah, but he's also you either Kevin's one of those you either like or hate, right? Kind of like Kyle, whereas Joey just everybody hates him, which I don't right. I, I don't get, but I I yeah. guess I do. Um, Brad Keselowski, I think Brad Keselowski's kind of the same boat too. We like him, and and see him as a driver with a lot of fans because we're from Michigan. But when you go right. elsewhere, he doesn't have that fan following, right? <laughs> so I don't know. It, I I think a Harvick uh, Kyle feud is the best. Man, yeah, Plus, Harvick's so be good great. at being a past. He is. He is. <laughs> he's one of the best at it. I but mean, he's it's really, it's he's, really his niche. He's grown up and he's mature now, and it just sucks. Yeah, Eric, <laughs> I, yeah, I know. Um, Eric, just to go back to coronavirus really quick. Oh, as, no, what else? As we bro? said, no, as as we said, news, big news is breaking as we are recording the podcast. Uh, the National Basketball Association has suspended their season in oh, wow. wake of. Oh, wake of the crisis. That is huge. That is really huge. That is the first major sports league to announce that they are halting their current season and they are going to take the time to uh, discuss next steps. What what happened was um, two NBA players were oh. in Oklahoma City from the Utah Jazz and they tested positive for the coronavirus. So Interesting. we have uh, yeah, we have a suspension. Wow. Of, of a season. So, yeah, major, major sporting news. I know it's not NASCAR related, but this is major sports news and we cover a major sport. So there you go. Hmm. No, I, I, I hate to bring us all down from a great <laughs> conversation on the bounty. But as, yeah. as we said, I mean, as we said, this is yeah, I mean, this is the biggest thing going in this country right now. And I felt I, I mean, I feel like it's relevant to 
to keep people posted on it as you know, you may not know that when you hear this podcast, but I mean, shoot, Eric, when we drop this podcast tonight, <laughs> after we're done recording, who knows what's going to happen. So yeah, let's finish the sucker up. Let's preview. Yeah, let's get it done. Let's preview Atlanta before there is no Atlanta. Um, right. we have the folds of honor quick trip 500, uh, excuse me this weekend, Atlanta motor speedway. Um, one thing of note that nobody's really talking about, this will be the first race at Atlanta with this aero package. Um, we did not have the aero ducks on the cars last year. If you remember correctly, NASCAR decided not to use them at tracks where the drivers were using a lot of brakes, Atlanta being one of them. And then all the teams taped up the, the brake ducks and didn't allow any air to the brakes anyway. And NASCAR said, okay. If you're going to do that, then we're not going to we're not going to allow that. We're going to just put the aero ducks everywhere. So we will see. I mean, I don't know how much this will change things in Atlanta this weekend. I don't think it'll change it a lot. I was trying to remember back to last year, and I think both of us were we were very optimistic going into Atlanta because of the Vegas test. I think cautiously optimistic. Yeah. And then I think we were left a little underwhelmed with this race last year. Yeah. we were. Yeah. Um, so hopefully it uh, it picks things up a little bit. Um mm. I'm looking forward to it. I think, you know, Atlanta's Atlanta's a great track with the, you know, the, the worn out asphalt. And if, if Goodyear has a tire this week that wears out, like we saw it at, at Montana, um, could be a lot of fun at Atlanta this yeah, weekend. I think so. Yeah, I agree. Restarts could be really good. Not probably not. A, you're not going to see the four and five wide stuff because Atlanta's not that big. Right. But um, I mean, it's going to be vital and the, the cars are going to be volatile because it's a rough surface. So tight spaces um, moving pretty quick. It's It's going to be interesting. Yeah. Um, do you really have the first pick this week? I think you do, right? I do. Okay. Yep, I do this week. Yeah, you so last week you won uh you won the 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 premier pick, I guess. Right. You had <laughs> you had the first pick. You got have Kevin Harvick over my Kyle Bush. You beat me by one. Yeah. And then I got the underdog. I took the I took William Byron. I went the safe route. I so I wouldn't I, I would fall too far behind. Yeah. That was terrible. Um, I won't pick Suarez again. I know. Like I said, man, you've raised the stakes with the with the tracking of this thing. So I, was, I was blinded by Suarez's history here and forgot that he didn't, was running for a terrible team. Eric, you didn't have a bad race for that car. No, he really I didn't. I mean, he really <laughs> had a good run. I mean, honestly, I feel like you almost should get a half a point for, <laughs> for that because he actually had a pretty good day. I won't go that far. All right. Who's your pick? So my favorite pick, um, I'm going with a guy who's had a ton of success here recently. Uh, Brad Keselowski oh. been running really good. Probably should have won Phoenix. Yeah, I was putting yeah. Kevin Harvick down for you. I thought that's no, no Harvick. Yeah, Harvick. I, I feel like I'm leaving the door cracked open a little bit for you there. Yeah. Um, Harvick has definitely dominated the last three races. He's led 518 laps. Um, he's got one win. Uh, Keselowski, not nearly as many laps led, but he has two wins uh, and all three top five finishes. So uh, I think he's going to be a little ir- irritated after that Phoenix race. And that car is running good. Penske's running really good. Um I would maybe feel a little bit safer picking one of his teammates, but I don't know. I like Brad Kozlowski here, defending winner of this race. So um, I'm, I'm feel like I'm making a safe play going with Brad. Okay. Well, in that case, I'm going to take Kevin Harvick because there you go, Kevin Harvick. Yeah, he's been a, he's been a world beater. I mean, it's yeah. Last, last three races, Kozlowski at 1.3 average finish, uh, Harvick 4.7. They are the two best in the business at Atlanta. Yeah, we did leave somebody on the board, though, that has potential to do really well here. At a lot his, of guys on the board, yeah. <laughs> at his home track, Chase Elliott has not gotten yeah. a win here, but he's run really well in his four races. Yeah. yeah, I thought about Chase, and he's had a fast car all season. I would not be surprised. He'll he'll be in my daily fantasy lineup somewhere. He's, he's going to be on my list. Yeah. I think he's going to have a good day. Um, I'm going to go for my dark horse with, uh, somebody who ran well at California, who I feel is a similar, it's a similar track to this. 
and I'm going to go Matt DiMenedetto in ah, a nice. safe direction with him. So. Right. Well, I'm going to try to I'm going to probably use him as much as possible if he falls in my lap as the dark horse, because he's not going to be one much longer. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, William William Byron. I will take him the really speed of the Hendrick cars and he's the only Hendrick car I can pick in this spot. So uh, I was looking at other guys I could possibly pick. There's not a whole lot of dark horses here available for us. We're you running can't out take of dark horses. Yeah, you can't take Almarola anymore. You can't take uh, Bowman anymore. Um, guys that are still, I think, eligible, like a Chris Busher, Ty Dillon. Um, I'll take I'll take William Byron while he's still available because once he wins a race, he's off the board. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, Fantasy League, I didn't. Uh, it wasn't worth looking this week. <laughs> I do feel bad for you, man. I mean, you already aired out all your grievances on the Fantasy League, so. Uh, I thought I finished last based on how you and Todd were talking. At least I didn't finish last, right? I got I, think yeah, I finished got, sixth or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, it wasn't the worst in the league. So, <laughs> was, I mean, yeah, it was, it I was finished, terrible. I finished better than the guy who didn't pick. <laughs> okay, yeah. That's good. That's good. Oh, funny stuff, bad. man. All right. Well, so Justin713 gets our win. He beats me. I almost went back to back. He beats me by three points, 212 to 209. And then Freight Train. 208, and then Ranger running 202. Um, back in the pack, we got Denny the Many, then KB Show, Toyota Fan, and our buddy Baron Speedway. Nice. Uh, was last at Phoenix. And then overall standings really quick. I am on top by mm-hmm. 22 over Freight Train. Ranger Runyon is right there. Denny the Many, Justin 713. Eric is on the backslide down to sixth. And then Toyota Fan and Baron Speedway round out the standings yeah. there. So. Stupid fantasy league. It's going to change again this week. I'll probably finish last. <laughs> Stupid fantasy league is right. Yeah. Um, James, you got any shout outs this week? Uh, today is my brother's 26th birthday. So nice. I don't think he listens to the podcast, but if he does, uh, happy birthday, Ty. Happy he birthday. is, uh, yeah, yeah, rocking, uh, you know, still still rocking the vote at uh, 26 years old. Nice. So um, I just wanted to throw out another shout out. You mentioned him in, uh, in the fantasy league uh, standings, but one more shout out to. Uh, to um baron speedway uh if you guys haven't checked out his instagram we've talked about it many times in the podcast he was actually on the podcast um during the chicago land weekend this past year i got a chance to talk to him uh baron speedway on instagram he's got a model racetrack or a, a i guess you could call it a diorama or whatever it's a um what the heck is it it's a four uh a four tenths mile i think scale so. 164 <laughs> scale track it's kind of like a bristol um, it's awesome guys. Check it out. If you haven't, um, I was just, the reason it, I, it popped up for me was I was scrolling through Instagram again the other day and he had some pictures posted from, you know, kind of a shot through the fence. He's got a fence on the thing. Um, looking at the cars as they went by in the turn. And every time I look at this thing, it's like, holy crap, this thing is so cool. Um, I'm bummed out because every year we've gone down to Grand Rapids Griffins games. He's in the Grand Rapids area. And I was hoping to go down to a Griffins game this year and, uh, and meet up with him and get to check the track out, but not going to any Griffins games this year, especially now with the coronavirus stuff going on, who knows if there'll even be any. Um, so not making the trip. Um, I am hoping to go to Berlin for a race this year, this summer though. And mm. if I can make that happen, I'm going to try and meet up with him still and, uh, and check the place out. But, uh, but yeah, check it out, guys. If you if you like that stuff, it's neat. It's so cool. He's put a ton of work into it. There's other ones out there, but I like the fact that this one is so it's just good enough to be like, wow, this is just amazing. But just like still, I don't want to say amateur, but like just 
you know, makeshift enough to where it's not, it doesn't look like somebody's like professionally doing this. Mm-hmm. It's right in that mix. It's like, you look at it and you go, I could almost do that, but man, it's so cool. I could never do that. You know, it's just, it's just yeah. perfect, yeah. you know? So check it out. It, give him some support if you haven't. I know he's gotten a ton of following on social media. Um, I take, we take all the credit for it here on the podcast, even though we had nothing to do with it. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, right. he's been noticed by some important people in the industry and stuff. So very cool. He's having success with it. Hope he continues to do it. And every, every day he's adding new stuff. He did a diorama yeah. of yeah. pit road from Pocono, which was really cool. It's good stuff. So check it out. Yeah, I think he's and he he may correct us on this. I think he's a, a hired gun if you want to do uh, setups for your diecast now. Yes, I think people I are bringing correct. him in, uh, bringing him in to do some cool stuff. So, yeah, we, we follow him quite a bit. He's he's the man. Yes, he is. Uh, anything else, James, we need to hit on before we head on out of here and try to dodge the coronavirus? Nope, let's close it up because we still have a race scheduled. So, yeah, uh, right. uh, yeah we're, we're still good. We'll be back in a couple hours with a special edition of the podcast discussing the cancellation of Atlanta weekend. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, James, where can they let's find you? Let's just record on... this now. Let's just record that part now, and then just in case we got yeah, it already we'll just, done. We'll just play it. Uh, where can they find you on social media if they want to talk to you during the week about the coronavirus? Uh, at, at James Cush on Twitter. You can find me at coronavirus. No, uh, at T Super Speedway on Twitter. Um, you can find the podcast on Facebook at facebook.com slash the super speedway. Our website is www.thesuperspeedway.com. You can find the podcasts on there. Um, links to past podcasts, uh, show notes. Uh, we have links to all the articles we discussed in the show. Um, past coverage of races. There's photos on there, all kinds of stuff to check out. So um, do that at thesuperspeedway.com. You can find the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and SoundCloud. Wherever you found us today, we hope you subscribe and continue to join us. And if you want to become a patron and help the show out, become a part of the show, you can do that at patreon.com slash the super speedway. Hopefully this weekend we head to Atlanta Motor Speedway for the quick trip, Folds of Honor Quick Trip 500. Uh, we'll be back next week again, hopefully, to discuss what happened at Atlanta, discuss the bounty, and discuss the race weekend. And we'll be back to preview the upcoming race as well. Um, until then, everybody, let's go racing. <laughs>